0: welcome back to another episode of talk of fame podcast with your host kyle montv and i'm super excited for today's episode because we are joined by author tech speaker lifestyle business mentor author and high performance life coach Dave manual thanks so much for taking the time i'm super excited to talk with you
1: awesome thank you kylie and uh just quick note it's die but that's okay it's okay I I thought I'd better let you know that now uh, because it's a weird Welsh name and uh, it is pronounced die, even though a lot of people say day, Um, it's a Welsh thing. It means it's a short form for David, like David, Mm -hmm. like if you were in Wales, they take like so many consonants to spell David and people are too lazy to spell it out. So they just write D-A-I for a short form of that. So I just thought I'd let you know that.
0: No, thank you. I'm super bad names, so that's why I'm super. Hey, bad, so it's it's not- all
1: good, Kylie. Listen, <laughs> trust me. I, I'm in the same boat.
0: <laughs> and by the way, are you Welsh? Like Welsh? Since you're like, it's like a kind of like a Welsh type of name.
1: Yes. Uh, well, my great, great, great grandparents. So we're going back to like turn of this last century uh that we had family in Wales and uh but not only Wales like the UK and and Ooh. but the interesting thing my last name is Manuel which is Portuguese in origin uh so you can imagine there was some bloodlines crossing yeah. <laughs> and and as I tell everybody now I'm Canadian so don't worry about it eh <laughs> so uh, up here up in the great white north uh listen we're all mixes of something so uh it's all good
0: yeah, I'm, like, Welsh as well, so I was, like, I had oh, cool. I a lot of Welsh in me, so I was, like. I was going to say,
1: yeah, your last name, M- Montigny, I think that is, and also Kylie is uh, is Welsh, I believe, it's a short form for something. Yeah, my,
0: know. um, we, like, my last name is basically, like, European type of thing, like, mm-hmm. England, European, that kind of row, I think, like, French, that kind yeah. of row.
1: That's super cool. That's well, amazing when you start looking into people's origins, right? And uh, yeah, I know. I don't know why,
0: but I'm like always kind of invested in that. I don't know why, but it's just like I'm like always curious, like in terms of like fr- like where people live, like their ancestry. Yeah. I'm always like, curious about that.
1: It's cool. I just always think because I mean, all of us were on these massive journeys, you know, each person's on their own, these hero journeys, if you will. And but there's always these points of origin. Right. And, and mm-hmm. those little milestones along the way that ultimately influenced to us connecting today to have this conversation. Like it, it, we think about all the dominoes that need to be set up and just hitting a certain sequence for us to connect in this moment to have this conversation. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, is like when you start thinking about it, like the mind just blows. Right. It's like, whoa, yeah. whoa, what if you know what, if that one day I didn't go for coffee with that person, I didn't have that conversation that didn't trick me. You know what I mean? Like it's like endless loop of what ifs. And, mm-hmm. uh, It's also the comic book fan in me, if you haven't figured that out. Uh, I'm a bit bit of a super nerd. And uh, so all those stories, I I love that. I love that idea of like what could have been if certain things didn't happen the way they happened, right?
0: I know, right? Like that's why like cell phones and like technology were invented. Like if it wasn't for technology, we probably would have never been connected.
1: True enough. True enough. That's wild. Wow.
0: Mm -hmm. to that and like why did you want to become like kind of like a mentor about like Mm -hmm. lifestyles and like kind of living a life like why did you kind of get into that route well
1: like most people you know we 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 often think well here's my goal this is where i want to go and sometimes we think that the straight line is there in front of us we'll just walk towards that destination but i can be the first to tell and i think a lot of people will probably agree to this is as much as we set goals, the path to that goal is rarely a straight line. Mm. You know, it's like back and forth, doubling back to go up and then go down and under and yikes, right? It's just, it's a journey. And I, I can honestly say, you know, as a teenager, being morbidly obese up to the age of 15, I didn't really think very positively about a future for myself, let alone a profession. Like, what would I do? What do I want to be? Where do I want to be living? I mean, those weren't really questions that were front of mind because I was so caught up in just that state of anxiety that I was dealing with. You know, my social anxiety, my health was very poor based on an inactive lifestyle and eating a lot of foods emotionally. You know, like I, I just was triggered by stress and anxiety. And I found solace by eating certain foods, you know, watching movies, playing video games, getting my dopamine fixes from these things that I felt made me feel better in the moment. But ultimately robbed me of, of of an optimistic future. And uh, I made some big changes at 15. Long and short of it, it took me five years to get morbidly obese. It took me 20 months to get back to a place of health. And so by age 17, I reclaimed my health. I started to I discovered a passion for fitness. But here's the crazy thing. I remember very distinctly one day at 17 years old, and, you know, I had this new lifestyle. I wasn't thinking about working out. I wasn't thinking about trying to be fit or healthy. It, it I, I worked so hard, kept doing certain things, creating certain habits. And after 20 months, I just remember one day waking up and I just did those things. I didn't think about it anymore. I didn't plan for it. I just started living, you know. So it was a lifestyle that emerged from just sticking to the course and keeping to do the things, you know, eat certain foods, move my body a certain way, work on my mindset, doing it day in day out and after 20 months it was just okay this is like autopilot you know Mm -hmm. it went from you know me trying to be disciplined to do things to make some changes to now it becoming a habit to eventually becoming a ritual or a lifestyle and i learned a lot through that process it wasn't easy but it was worth it (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. And at age 17, I remember a friend of my mom's coming to the house and uh, we had this big old Victorian house. My mom was an antique collector and she always loved the old Victorian style stuff. And so, I mean, it was quite a large house, way bigger than, you know, big, big. it was overkill. OK, to be honest, you know, because we didn't need a house of that size, especially for just my brother, myself and my mom. I mean, There's three of us in this big house. But I remember her friend coming to the back porch. And knocking on the door through the screen and I'm cooking dinner and like, Hey die is, 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 your mom Betty Ann around? I'm like, well, yeah, she is. She's in the back. I think gardening somewhere. Just, just keep going back. You'll, you'll find her. And, and he just stood there and he just kept looking at me and I'm like, okay, this is getting awkward. <laughs> you know, like, oh, what do you want? <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, you know what, before I go find your mom, can I talk to you? And I'm like, you know, 17 years old. This guy's in his 40s. And I'm like, you want to talk to me? And I started thinking, man, what did I do last weekend? Am I in trouble? You know, like I started going through my mind and I'm like, oh, man, I must have done something. I'm going to get in trouble here. Because, I mean, here's an adult that wants to talk to me. And I'm like, oh, this sounds serious. Long and short of it, he came in. We sat down at the table. And the next thing out of his mouth was he just talked about all the amazing changes he'd seen me navigate over that two-year time. Going from being very unhealthy, very overweight, very quiet, reserved, you know, very introverted. I I avoided being in social settings because that's just how I felt in that state, you know. And he remembers seeing me at that, but he also sees me now as a 17-year-old that was healthy, eating differently, much more positive and outgoing. And he was like, "Geesh, Ty, it's amazing what you've done. Do you think you could help me do that? And this is the thing, at 17 years old, I've never had anybody come up to me and ask me to give them help. That made me feel really good because all of a sudden I was realizing that I can help you. I know what I did. I know how I did it. And I also know how to help other people do this now. And all of a sudden I was like, yeah, this feels really good. (laughs) I can coach and I can mentor and I can help somebody else get great results like the results I've been able to get for myself. Yeah, I can help you. And that was the first time I had an opportunity to mentor somebody, and I realized very quickly, man, I love this. This makes me feel good. I feel very fulfilled. Like, ah, oh, I wonder if I can keep doing this for like the rest of my life, you know? And mm-hmm. and literally, you know, from seventeen to now, I'm now forty six. Like, you can do the math. I've been doing this a long time, and uh, and it's just been a, a very enjoyable journey. And something that I know I'll probably do till the day I die. And if I can do it after I die, I'll keep doing it, you know? So <laughs> who knows? That'll be the part two, but I'll let you know on that later.
0: That's amazing. Like I was actually, I was the same way I was the shyest person that a person would be, like I was very like, reserved. I was like mm-hmm. never like, kind of avoided really social settings like years ago mm-hmm. when I was a little kid because like I hated being mm-hmm. out besides if like being with my family or something and like even with being 16 years old i'm still that shy little kid inside and i'm so that like 16 year old that's so shy but that doesn't affect me as much as it has when i was probably like four years old like it's mm, like you yeah. see me when i was a little kid you're like oh yeah she's so reserved don't talk to that little kid she doesn't talk at all but like that's how it was like i never talked to anyone Mm -hmm. But then, like, it's just, like, if you make that progress to not be that shy kid everyone knows or being, like, known as, it does, you'll grow over time. And I was actually the kid that, like, over kind of eats bad things as well. It's uh, kind of like a little addiction. I should probably Mm -hmm. name it. It, and like it does get hard, it does like kind of affect you. Because you're like, when you're stressed, you're probably like, "Oh, I'll go to that food that gives has so many calories that good for you." And you're like, "Okay, well, how can I actually eat something good rather than eat something like a junk food rather than eat something yeah. healthy that's good for you?" Like I legit, honestly, I only weigh a hundred pounds due to eating like crap. Like wow. it's honestly like, it's it's so true how much um eating crappy food would affect you mentally and Mm -hmm. how kind of you go as a person.
1: You're absolutely right. And uh, but to have that awareness is is amazing, you know, just because I think once you start to become aware of how things make us feel, you know, and and even though it might make us feel good in the moment when we're doing it, like, of course, eating a cheesecake. Hello. Feels great. In the, moment. Yeah, in <laughs> the moment, half an hour, hour, hour and a half later, when we have that crash, because our insulin levels have spiked, our energy's all out of whack, you know, we've become very lethargic and tired and we're like, oh, why did I do that? There's two responses, you know, or that we could then say to ourselves, well, I can go get more sugar <laughs> to bring myself back up. Or maybe, maybe this is my body telling me this isn't the best thing for me right now. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe there's a different way of achieving the result or that feeling, but maybe I can do it in a more sustained, positive way. But you have to have the perspective first. You have to be aware that your decisions and choices and actions directly correlate into an emotional response, typically. And, and because once you're aware, you can start to pinpoint, OK, OK, I know this, this makes me upset at times. And when I feel upset, I want to go do this. And when I do that, it makes me feel more upset. You know, so it's this is the only way you can really start to break cycles, you know, and, and start to create new habits. And I can honestly say there's been many times in my life I've had to make some pretty big pivots, make some changes. It's rarely easy, mm-hmm. but it's always worth it. You know, and, and we just have to trust that if we keep up with it, a good result will happen. And it does. It really does. Some people say, well, you're overly positive, overly optimistic. I'm like, well, what would you rather me be? The opposite of that? Because I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, like turn on the news if you want the negative, because man, they own it. You know, I'm yeah. do my part to offset that, you know
0: hmm For sure. Like, how do you like challenge kind of people to kind of live like a healthy, like lifestyle, like during like, one-on-one calls or things yeah. you like to do? Well,
1: you know, that's a really good question, Kylie. And, 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 you know, as much as I like to say, there's one way to do it, I, I've realized, you know, now at the age that I am, and my daughters are also very good uh, mentors to me, you know, they're, they're now 18 and 20 and they're at that point in their life where they've seen me as a coach but they've also seen me as a mentor but most specifically they've seen me as a father Mm -hmm. and i'm a father that has made mistakes okay i am not perfect in fact i'm far from it (laughs) Uh, but i'm willing to recognize where i need help and how to ask for support now where i didn't always have that ability Mm -hmm. and so why i'm bringing this up is for anybody to start to make changes they have to be the one wanting to make them Mm -hmm. You know, because I remember, you know, as a child, you know, in that state of unhealth, my parents would see me very sad. I was dealing with depression, you know, and, and anxiety and a lot of other challenges mentally because of how I felt and what I was doing. And they would often come to me and say, hey, can we get you a personal trainer or a gym membership? Or how about we hire a nutritionist that can help you with how to eat better? You know, and every time they came to me and offered that help, which is nice, you know. They're they're loving. They cared for me. They wanted to see me happy. But every time they said it, I was thinking in my mind: "You think I'm fat? You think I'm ugly? You think I'm not good enough the way I am? You think I need to change?" That's the way I interpreted that. And this is not uncommon. A lot of us feel that way when the closest people in our lives come to us to offer us assistance or support to make certain changes. That they know if we could make those, we'd be better. We'd feel better.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but if we're not wanting to make the change i hate to say it but it ain't gonna happen (laughs) you know like and if it does it's short-lived and then we often regress back to where we were sometimes worse and and so that's where everything has to begin is from the awareness that okay i'm the one in charge here i'm the one affecting myself by making these decisions and actions but i do want to make a change great that's the best place to begin and then from there Gosh, there's so many different directions to go. So you know, often when I'm engaging with people or communities or, or doing a talk as an example to a team or to an organization, I'm always like, you know, who here likes change? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, very rare, very rarely does anybody put up their hands, right? Like, because change is scary. Mm-hmm. It's the unknown. And it's like, oh, gosh, I don't know if I want change, you know, and um, because a lot of us have memories of change was when especially when we we're youngest kids I, I remember we moved a number of times as kids and just when i'd have these great communities of friends we're moving again and for me moving meant change and i was like oh man change is bad every time i change i lose friends you know so we have a negative association often with change mm-hmm. so it's it's also revisiting that relationship that we have with change and recognizing it doesn't have to be a scary thing it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be something that we're afraid of in fact we can be a, a champion of change and not feel like a victim of change, and, and it's all about how we work our mindset around that. And, and so that's usually where I begin.
0: Oh, I love that! Like, like change, like is not always kind of like a bad thing. It's mm, sometimes mm. it can be good, sometimes it can yeah. be bad. Like it does. Right. There's like different kind of options of change that come on in life. Like there's like a change that happened to me recently. I like literally tried dance, and then I had to quit because of my schedule. But, like, it's just, like, (laughs) like, as an example, like, you need to make a decision that is, will help impact you in your health and the way you impact things. Like, if you're so stressed about your schedule, like, you're going nonstop each day, you're Mm -hmm. going to bed late, waking up early, getting, like, two hours of sleep each night. Like, how can you, like, make that change? And, like, when you make that change, that's stressing you out and you have so many things going on in your life, like, maybe, like, school or like sports or like clubs or whatever you have going on is try to think like okay well how can I make my life easier I know I have homework at the end of the day I probably have so much homework I'm so stressed but like it's just like you need to kind of figure out a solution to kind of figure out like hey how can I make my schedule so easier how can I get more sleep how can I eat better like there's always like a type of solution there's always change going to happen in your life no matter how old you are it can be 15 years old you can be 40 80 like you can be no matter how old you are you're going to have a change now even though it's hard or easy there's always you have to make a decision to make your life much easier for you so you won't be stressed at all
1: well said and and you know that's very well said because it's true you know it change creates stress but here's the thing it's often less stressful than usually the stuff that we're dealing with, <laughs> you know. And sometimes we have to remember or remind ourselves that that you know, as much as this seems like a scary path and it's gonna involve a lot of change, we have to say, well, do I really like where I'm at right now? You know, do I like the stuff that I'm dealing with day and day out right now? Do I like how I see myself in the mirror when I look at myself? You know, like, and I know that this might be triggering or, or, or emotional for some people to address, and and I get it. It is, I mean, no matter how you look at it, if, if, and it sounds cliche because we hear people talk about loving yourself, right? And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, how can I love myself when I don't like where I'm at right now in life? And I, and it's unfortunate because the love is always there. We're with ourselves 24 seven. And if there's one person you want to be best friends with, it's yourself. Okay. But, but it's hard to really feel that way especially when we're dealing with so many other challenges and that's creating anxiety and stress and overwhelm. And that's life, you know, and I hate to say that because it sounds like a cop-out, but our lives are full if we Mm. choose to fill them. But what I ask people to do is get really clear on what you want to fill it with. Try to fill it with things that bring you happiness, joy, and fulfillment. At least more of that, less of the other stuff, (laughs) you know, (laughs) less of the drama, Less of mm-hmm. of of those dramatic experiences or you, you know those negative people that we may find in, in our lives you know like if it's I know that because I I'm just anticipating that this is also sort of where our questions are going and because I often get asked like okay it's great I want to make a change
0: mm-hmm. so
1: I start doing the things but my family isn't supporting me well, what do I do then and I'm like well you're kind of stuck with them <laughs> but. You know what, if they're not willing to support you after you've asked for for support, you you know, you can't harbor any ill feelings. It's just move on, take account for yourself. You know, don't worry about them. Maybe they'll come around later. But if they're not willing to show support, don't worry about it because you're ready to support yourself. Mm -hmm. And look for other people, other communities, maybe a coach, another mentor. You know, find somebody in your life that can be that support for you maybe join a group an organization, there's always an alternative option. There always is, okay? Mm-hmm. There's, we're never stuck in a place nowadays where we don't have access to support. That's the beautiful thing about the internet, right? And yeah. I mean, we've got it 24-7 access to communities, to groups, to, to people that can relate to what we're working through that maybe are a few steps ahead on that journey of change. Like we want to make, like mm. when I was 17 years old and that guy that was in his mid-40s came to me asking me for help. All he recognized was over the last two years, i had made some big changes. He wants to make some changes. He's like, can you walk me through what you've done? And maybe I can do those too. And he just wanted someone to give him some advice, you know, and that was enough to get him started. He lost 30 pounds over that summer, you know, like talk about, wow. And that's what made me feel wow. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so remember. You know, we're each, uh, you know, driving our own car, so to speak, which is our life. And you get to determine what routes you want to take and what pit stops you want to make, you know, mm-hmm. and and just have a lot of fun along the way. You know, really.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. And like in like 2021, you did a TEDx talk called mm-hmm. Why Vulnerabilities and Human Thing. Like, can you tell us kind of more about the talk and what it's about?
1: Well, speaking as a man. Who, who identifies as a man okay mm-hmm. I' mean he and him and his you know like and, and so recognize some of the things I'm going to share right now is from that perspective you know and uh um because I, I do recognize if I'm using certain uh terms I, I recognize it might for some people in the audience maybe not as relatable so so please just recognize a man identifies from a man and this is my perspective mm-hmm. because a lot of that talk was speaking to This skill called vulnerability. Now, vulnerability, I do believe is a skill. It's something that we can all develop, just like empathy. Mm -hmm. You know, that ability to see ourselves in somebody else's shoes for a day and to imagine the struggles or the challenges that they're going through so we can relate better. We can connect more effectively and also be able to support in a more appropriate way because we can relate to what it is that's challenging them. Empathy is a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And... Something that can allow us to connect and bridge empathy into our lives is this idea of being vulnerable, this idea of allowing people in. Now, please note, before I go into this a little bit deeper, not everybody is deserving of our vulnerability. All right. Being vulnerable for the sake of being vulnerable. Well, we're kind of missing the boat. Okay. (laughs) Like that's Mm -hmm. not what I'm trying to, to imply here. What I am trying to imply is if we see vulnerability as an opportunity to deepen connection from from people to organizations, to human to human, right? But also this ability to be able to ask for help in a constructive way. And these are skills that can be developed. But here's the challenge. And this is where I felt the challenge growing up was a lot of the old cliches or stereotypes for men was what I was living. All right. And what I mean by that <laughs> was, you know, real men don't cry. Okay. Like it was like, it was reiterated all the time in my social good networks with my, my, my friends at the time. Um, even it was echoed from some of those stronger male role models in my life. Even my dad, I can honestly say, I don't ever remember seeing him cry, nor do I remember him really getting vulnerable with me and speaking about the hard stuff. And so when you think about what does it mean to be a man, this idea of being vulnerable doesn't usually show up, (laughs) you know, but as a father of two daughters, as someone that's been dating his wife for 23 years, as someone that's dealt with morbid obesity, also with, you know, 16 years of abusing alcohol and narcotics, as well as living with a chronic autoimmune disease. And I'm bringing these up, not for like, Oh my gosh, it's simply, that's my life. Those are some serious milestones I've had to cross and work through And most of those I tried to do on my own. Mm. And the more I struggled on my own, the more I felt alone, the more I felt helpless. And it just felt really, really hard. And it was because I didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't know how to look at somebody and say, hey, you know what? I'm struggling with this. Do Do you think you could help me? And I always saw that as a weakness to be able to ask that. And why do we believe that? You know, why do these cliches keep getting perpetuated? And and we have to recognize we all learn through role modeling and mentorship. That's how we learn stuff. Mm-hmm. So if we have certain male communities that are only demonstrating rough and tough, don't talk about vulnerability. You know, no, oh, you know, like you need to go have a few beers and, you know, maybe you'll talk about something serious. But no, no, no. You know, we, we don't talk about that. And mm-hmm. so we have to wonder, well, how do things get better? You know, and and so in the TEDx talk, I just share a bit of my own journey, some of the struggles I navigated, but also the power that I gained in my own self-confidence when I started to connect with other men that were open to working together to help each other, to support each other, but to start practicing what it means to be honest, open and transparent with another man being vulnerable, you know, Mm -hmm. and my life changed everything changed. It was, it was incredible. You know, like it was just like, holy smokes, there's other guys that want to do this. And I have greater relationships with those individuals than I do with any other men in my life. But it's also allowed me to be a more effective father, a better husband, a greater business owner and leader. Like everything just got better. It was awesome. And and so that's what my talk is. It's to invite people to just explore what can vulnerability look like in your life? How can it be something constructive and positive, not only seen as a negative? And, uh, and that's really where that all stems from. So uh, thanks for asking that, by the way.
0: Yeah, of course. Like, I was like, I, I, like, I want to add that a little bit, but like I was like a, a daughter or like I, like I, like a sibling to two brothers. Like, yeah. it, like I kind of experienced like with all the men in my life, I have some amazing men in my life, but I was like, mm-hmm. A lot of men that I've experienced like as like older, like people in my dad's age range or people like that, like witness, this, like don't often like to talk about their feelings or kind of Mm -hmm. want to express themselves. They often want to hide kind of how they're feeling because they feel like, oh, like, as a man, you have to hide your feelings because, like, if you like talk about your feelings, you're seen as like a gay person or something. Like, seen yeah, as, it's like, remarkable. See, you kind of weird, like, kind of around that range. But like, then, like, if you're talking about your feelings, even as a guy, like, you'll help express, like, like you know, that you're not alone. Because even yeah. though, like, you might feel embarrassed in terms of like talking about how you're feeling at least like you're talking about it. Like it's not bad about talking about it. The worst thing is you can like keep it in and you'll know, make your mental health and how you're feeling about yourself much worse than you actually feeling. Well
1: said, and it's true. And it's one of those things that you just sort of have to start practicing. But I also recognize there's a lot of fear around that because sure, there's concern that maybe what we share might be seen as oversharing or might be taken out of context and maybe used against us. So, you know, vulnerability without trust, not a good combination. You know, like you want the two to be together. Like it's because just to, to be vulnerable with somebody for the sake of being vulnerable, like if you just met someone and in five minutes you're talking about all the challenges that you're dealing with in life, I might be a little bit rushed, you know, because there is no relationship yet. There is no deep trust yet or connection. And and I find so vulnerability just becomes another tool, something that we can use to deepen a relationship and connection, ask for help, get support, whatever, make life a little bit more enriched. But it's not something that you need to rush into, you know? And and I'm stating this, especially for a lot of the men that might be listening to this, okay? It's, Mm -hmm. believe me, I know it's scary being vulnerable and opening up about something like that. Like me, when I started talking about my challenges with alcohol, Yeah, that was really hard. I'm someone that's very well known in the health and fitness industry. You know, I've been doing this for 28 years. You know, like, so a lot of people see my brand and they only actually think health, vitality. Meanwhile, for 16 years, I struggled with alcohol. You know, it's like, I kept that very close and tight and almost like in the closet, as they say, right? Trying yeah. not to, to let that out. And so when I started to talk about it and share the story and talk about the changes I navigated, and, you know, it's been 14 years since I've had a drink now. Like it's, it's that's an old, another part of my life, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> people would often miss the point, right? But by being able to share my story, talk about what affected me, I've had so many more people reach out to me and say, thank you. say, you know what? I used to think that I was the only one that dealt like this, dealt with these kind of problems, or I'm the only person that felt like this. And what we don't realize is so many people are dealing with the same challenges. But if we don't open up and talk about it, how are we ever going to (laughs) know? You know, like we just don't know because we're more alike as humans than we are different. And that is why the talk was called, you know, why vulnerability is a human thing. It's not a man thing. It's not a woman thing. It's not a they thing. It's a human thing
0: you know mm, for sure even though like like you might seem kind of like embarrassed to talk about your feelings or might seem kind of weird for talking about it like it's not a bad thing to talk about your feelings it's much like even though you're going through a difficult difficult time like addiction for example like I had a grandparent that really suffered, suffered with addiction like drinking all these things so it's like mm. when you don't talk about those and think oh yeah I'm dealing with this right now how can I stop doing that like how can I make my life better and actually get my life together or how can I make my life perfect well not perfect because think not, not any your life is perfect but like how can I get my life as good as I want it to be for
1: mm. example yes yes and you know until we start opening up and talking about it and well it, it just Believe me, I think I'll end it at this. You know, it's like once you start opening up and you start practicing this, you'll start to realize that life is pretty freaking awesome. And and the people that we already are connected with, you're going to learn new things that you never knew about one another. And if that doesn't deepen the relationship and connection, I don't know what will, you know, I honestly, I just don't. And uh, um, I just, I invite people just to start, just start you know, but with people that you truly trust and, and feel connected with. And if you're still concerned, there's some great resources by Brene Brown. She's done some wonderful talks on vulnerability specifically. Uh, she's definitely inspired me to want to share my story. Uh, so I do recommend checking out Brene Brown and some of her resources around vulnerability. It's just a, it's just wonderful, wonderful work that can really help anyone. Yeah, I'll definitely check that
0: out now. I'm definitely interested in that. Cool. I'm definitely going to take that out. But I just want to... Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking time. You're so inspiring and to so many people, including me, I was really happy you can join the podcast and maybe we can do something like this again soon. And I really appreciate you taking time.
1: Thank you, Kylie. I really appreciate you and, and just you leading by example, what's possible, but also you're facilitating these amazing conversations on your podcast. I feel very grateful to have been a part of it. Uh, because I plan to be a, a fly on the wall listening in on some of your future conversa- conversations with other guests. And I just want to say thank you for contributing this to the world, because it, I know this stuff isn't easy to do. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of time, energy, and effort, but it's sheer sure inspiring to see you doing it, especially at the age that you are. Like, honestly, I can't wait to share this podcast with my own daughters, you know, like, because I think it's just awesome what you're doing. And so thank you for the opportunity. This has been great.
0: Of course. Thank you so much. And Keith, like, I'm surprised you did that, like, at 17. That's actually insane, though. Like, at 17 <laughs> years old, like, I could, I wouldn't do that at 17, probably. I'm only 16 now. But, like, I, at 16, it's just, like, if I had to mentor someone, it would probably be so difficult. Like, as, like, a 16-year-old, like, how am I supposed to know like, how much, how am I supposed to mentor a 40-year-old, how old a old person is?
1: Well, I know we're tight on time, but I'll tell you right now, you already are mentoring people. You are every day when you put this podcast out, every day, you know, and so it's inspiring to see, especially, uh, you know, at 16, I'm just like, holy smokes, this is awesome. And uh, you, you, man, you're only just getting started. So I can't wait to see where you go next. And uh, if I can be of any support, please know to reach out anytime.
0: Thank you so much. And same to you as well. You can re- if you need any help with anything, it's appropriate. I'll be happy to have it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: thank you, Kylie. I appreciate that.
0: Uh, Corey. So I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much again for taking time. You too. See you. Bye, okay. Kylie.